Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. My name is Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Collins. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about mindset and maybe not even mindset. It might Alex, Alex, it might be more of like how we're listening. Yeah. Um, and this is like super, super important for where, for especially for areas that we're maybe not an expert or haven't spent 10,000 hours perfecting the craft. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, this came from a quote that we heard from Morgan Housel's podcast, where the quote says, there are two different types of people, one who wants to learn more and one that wants to defend what they already know. And it hit you and I pretty hard when, when we heard this, right? Because I think it's very easy for, you know, just as a human being to defend, to really focus on what you already know. Um, I think that some of that is ego that gets involved. And I for think sure. some of that is maybe stubbornness and, you know, not wanting to, to grow because you're uncomfortable. Um, you know, I think there's a lot there uh, possibly that, you know, everyone's slightly different, but before we dive into this, cause we're, I'm already starting to go down that path here. <laughs> Alex, what, what are we drinking today? Uh, so today we are drinking Cascade Highway. Uh, this is it's a an IPA uh, from Big uh, Big Block Brewery, uh, which is not too far from from our hometowns. Uh, it's uh, based out of Redmond, Washington. Uh, clocks in at uh, six point eight percent alcohol and seventy five IBUs. So it's a uh, it's an IPA. Yeah, so we uh, Diane and I actually went to. They opened up a brewery in Carnation, which is just mm. down the way from from where I live here in Duval, and so we went down there um, yesterday. Was it yesterday? No, it was Wednesday. We had to go through town, so we stopped in there. And I had never actually been to to Big Block Brewery, and uh, tried a couple of beers out there and picked up this one for us. So, what are your what are your thoughts? Um, I mean, it's. It, it feels like the balance is off just a little bit on this. Um, the, it's extra bitter. It me. is. And it's a dry um, bitter too. It, it's it's dry in the back of the throat. Which is not what I expected from like, like it's got a darker, uh, a darker profile than like most IPAs. Yeah. So it, it's not my favorite IPA. If I'm giving this a bottle cap rating, I'm probably giving it a, uh, probably a five out of 10, frankly, the, the, the dry bitterness in the back of the throat is really bugging me right now. Yeah. I, I generally <clears throat> like big block. Um, but this, this doesn't do it for me. I'm giving this a three. Yeah. So they've got great beers from what, I mean, there's a couple other beers sure. that I had there that were good. So this isn't a knock on the brewery. This is maybe a knock on this particular beer, at least in Alex and my, a professional, uh, expertise. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is an area where I can definitely, uh, I'm trying to learn more and not relying upon my own existing knowledge. Yeah, that was sarcasm, listeners, sarcasm. So uh, so let, let's dive into it here, Alex. So I think you and I could talk about this quote for days. Um, yes. Right. Like as, you know, as we even heard it and started chatting with one another, <coughs> I found it interesting that right away we started like asking each other, which direction do I normally go there? <laughs> right. Well, and like one of the things that you brought up immediately is like with me is that like, it really depends on like what topic, whether I am open to learning more or whether I 
like dig my heels in and defend what I already believe in or, or, you know, know. Um, and I thought that was really interesting feedback and it makes total sense, right? I mean, if I'm going to tend to defend things that I have spent more time building the knowledge for than say something that I'm, you know, admittedly still learning. And I think, and you and I probably do this as well from from our listener standpoint. Like, really, what we're the what we hope your takeaway is from this quote is what you think you may know may not be worth digging your heels into the ground and saying no, this is fact. Because right. as Alex can can attest to, and so can I, throughout our careers, I think we both have probably dug our heels in the ground from different financial philosophies and terms and strategies. And it's when we've opened up and, and opened up to different strategies and really opened up our world for, to a true holistic type of look at our clients' finances that we were able to look at these other strategies rather than shutting them off from the get-go. Yeah. Well, I mean, so much of this is like finance is so incredibly broad of a topic, right? That no one person can know it all. And so much of like what we strive to do is to continually learn. And most of the time we're putting it through a filter of like, okay, does this conflict with our current beliefs? Yes yeah. or no. And if the answer is yes, like, okay, what's like the next thing that we typically try to go to is, okay, what's the proof one way or the other? Or how can I verify this, like this direction or that direction? How does it, how does it fit with my current philosophy um, and really just trying to make sure that we understand like, okay, why are we doing what and how does this fit into our understanding of the world? Yeah. And it's what we've been told, experienced, maybe learned um, from our, from our family, right? As, as we've spoken about so many times on this podcast, so much of what we believe financially, that is, we, we've learned from either someone else or, or experienced some version of it. And right. like the common one that we commonly talk into is, you know, where this whole like everyone should pay off all of your debt at all times philosophy came into play. And it came into play because in the 70s, right, to get a mortgage was in the double digits interest rates. If not in the 20s. So yeah, when you have a 15% interest rate on your mortgage, it's hard to beat a 15% interest rate in any kind of like secure fashion. So yeah, it would make sense to double down and paying pay off that debt as quickly as possible. Well, and if you go even further back, like a couple of generations prior, you had loans that were callable. And so like one of the things that you wanted to do were was have like get get out from underneath that debt that was callable. Uh, having your mortgage be callable. I mean, so like right now, like my mortgage is you know somewhere in the neighborhood of half a million dollars. Like if a bank gave me thirty days to pay that off, I could. It would not be fun, but I could. And, well, it's and one- you are in a unique situation where <laughs> most people could not. Right. And so it's one of those things where so many, like the, the, 
the general thought process and the conventional wisdom was pay off your mortgage so that you don't have that hammer of having your loan be callable holding over your head. Yep. Um, and you know, so like there's like back in the, the great depression, there were a, a, a significant amount of people that wound up losing their home, losing their farm, losing their property because their loan got called and they didn't have the ability to pay off whatever the balance was that was outstanding. You know, in those days it might only have been like 30 or 50 or a hundred grand, but like at the same time, people were making like 10 or 15 grand a year right. as like a normal, a normal wage. So like, and that just proves the point that inflation is insidious. Um, <laughs> well, and again, the, the whole point of us having this conversation is, so that is a rule of thumb that has been passed down from generation to generation. And when you look at that from today's point of view, now granted mortgage rates have gone back up obviously recently, but it, really in the last decade, we've seen interest rates for a mortgage and I mean, sub three at some point. So when you look at it from today's point of view, does that still make sense? Well, obviously the answer to that question is, you know, in the, in Alex Collins terminology, it always depends because we don't know your financial situation <laughs> where we're at in life. Like you can't say that specifically uh, where this is the rule. However, it is a different conversation. Whereas back, back in the day, like it was more of a specific rule, like 15%, that's hard to beat. Yeah. Well, and like ultimately when I, like I had a client the other day that said like, Hey Alex, I've got, you know, some extra money sitting around. I've got a, uh, you know, 3.5% interest rate on my, on my mortgage. Is there like, what should I do? Should I pay down the mortgage or should I put it someplace else? Right. And, and so that led to a longer conversation, right? Because we, we, you know, have to dig into like, okay, what do you want the money to do for us? Like, is this short-term money? Is it long-term money? Like what, is there any other benefits that you gain by paying off the mortgage? All of those fun things. And, and really like this particular client like didn't need the money and they were just trying to be smart and they'd heard like a whole bunch of things like, Oh yeah. If you pay off your mortgage earlier, you're going to save, you know, thousands of dollars in interest. interest. Yeah. And, and that's true. But we also have to look at like, okay, what would that money have done if put elsewhere? And the biggest trick is it can't be spent. It has to be saved. Yeah. And so if you know yourself well enough and know that you're just going to go spend it, then yeah, maybe the best thing to do is to pay off the mortgage so that you don't go spend it. Like I had a conversation with another client the other day where it's like they were eternally grateful that they paid off their mortgage, which was like a four and a half percent mortgage rate um, because otherwise their spouse would have just spent the money. Right. So that's, that's the emotional side of stuff. But, you know, kind of going back to our original quote here, Alex, the big takeaway in this is if you took the original 1970s rule of thumb of always paying off your debt and you held to that today, you're, you're not, you're digging your heels in the ground, right? You're not open to learning what may or may have not changed in the last 40, 50 years here, right? Well, that's, and that's an issue. The flip side of that coin, Ryan, is that like during our professional lifetimes, interest rates have not been very high. Yeah. Like I would suggest that like maybe 80% of the time, 90% of the time that I've been 
uh, an adult and a financial planner and things of that nature, rates have been sub five. So I have been conditioned to go ahead and say, no, don't pay off your mortgage. Like that's the, that's the ethos that I have around mortgages. And one of the things that like, I'm trying really super hard right now to, to be able to do with clients is to like pause and not just go with the gut reaction and say, okay, well, what rate are you being offered? And what, like, what's the, your circumstances? And so like, we need to learn more before we just give blanket advice. And another, just what also just popped in my head here, Alex, is how many times when we're talking to a client and they say, well, I've tried that before and that didn't work. Right. Okay. And you and I have said those exact words that, you know, we're not picking on clients, right? This doesn't always have to pertain to, to financial type conversations. This is just in life. And when you have that type of mindset, right, you are essentially, you're, you're the second person, right? You're defending what you already know. You're seeking validation for your existing exactly. position. And like exactly. Looking for why don't I do this instead of, okay, well, what might be different this time around? Or did I do it properly? Yep. Like, you know, one of my favorite things is, hey, Ryan, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yes, we love those conversations. So, so <laughs> right. And so we always have to be open to learning, Al, including Alex and myself, which is why I mm-hmm. think our partnership work, works so well is even though we do have our, our own individual egos, eventually we do bring those egos down right? Sometimes after several days. But the fact is, is we eventually bring those egos down and we can have a a conversation that we're actually listening and hearing each other rather than like, no, my way is a better way or no, right? Like, and so now take that into, like, I'm kind of transitioning this. We're talking on the individual financial type of piece. Now take this into consideration when you're married and right. And you have a spouse. That adds an entirely different level of complexity. Um, And it's one of the reasons why we insist on making sure that both spouses are in meetings so that like, like what we never want to try and do is put one spouse in the position of trying to explain to the other spouse, like what you and I spent a half hour, an hour covering. And that's, that's an impossible position to be put in. Yeah. You and I had a, an old, uh, we'll call him a boss where, and he said this and it's still to this day, hits home with me. If one of the spouses has been anointed or maybe have taken on the full responsibility or the role of being the person that is making all of the financial decisions so that you live the lifestyle today and tomorrow comfortably the way that you're used to, the other spouse is going to look at you really from this standpoint. Okay. If you get to retirement or your version of retirement, whatever that looks like, and it was what you expected, the spouse was going to go, congrats, you did what you're supposed to do. And, and it's almost that demeaning, like pat on the head of like, yep. hey, good job. Right. The other aspect of this is, is if you failed, and by failed, like that, I'm talking about a loose definition of failure. I'm saying something different than what the other spouse envisioned. <clears throat> now... I mean, it could be so bad that divorce is on the way. Like we're seeing more and more divorces and people that are on the verge of retirement than ever before. And I think this is a big piece of that. And so I'm talking to both spouses when I say this, it's so vital for both of you to be involved. Now, one person, just like in my family, right? I'm responsible for a certain role in the financial picture. 
But Diane is involved. She knows what's going on and why we're doing certain things so that we both hold the end responsibility for that. It's not just on me. 100%. And that's exactly what we have to wind up doing. Like the same is true for, for Heather and I. There's some aspects of the of the financial role that I hold, namely because it's what I do for a profession. And so it'd be weird if I didn't. Uh, but at the same time, like Heather has massive amounts of input on- I call Heather all finances. the time for financial guidance. So- <laughs> Uh, so like one of the funny things is like the other day we were talking and she goes, yeah, like no offense, but I want to know where all of our stuff is so that I don't have to just give Ryan a call. And I'm like, yeah, here's where, like, here's how to be able to figure out where all the accounts are. And she goes, right. oh, okay, cool. I'm glad that we've already got that mostly figured out. Um, and it was just something where like she'd forgotten like that, that that was there for her. But at the same time, like, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, um, we all need to make sure that we, we're taking responsibility, not just for, not just for our role, but also like making sure that we're not holding uh, our spouses, our business partners, like other people, to um, unattainable, unrealistic like levels of like. What do you mean you didn't do that? When it comes down to expect expectations, right? Like if you're not talking with your spouse, your spouse might have a different expectation than you have. Well, that's a big issue or can be a big issue depending on which version <laughs> that is. So look, like the whole reason we brought this up is this hit us over the head, right? When we look at it from that perspective and we are you know, the, the so-called experts in the financial space, and we still need to remind ourselves to, to learn and grow and not dig our heels in the ground. We want to make sure that our listeners are, are understanding and taking that same approach, which takes us to the question of the day, Alex. We didn't talk about this ahead of time. Do we have a question of the day today, Ryan? I'm thinking this, right? We spoke about these two types of people, one who wants to learn more and one who wants to defend what they already know. I think most of you are lying to yourself if you're saying that you're always the one that wants to learn more. There's some aspect of your life where you're defending. And that's not me trying to be a, a really rude person. And I want to use a different word, but I shouldn't on this podcast. Alex and I have the same issue. So we're not pretending to be, you know, the, the golden standard over here. So what I want you to consider, though, is what topics are you defending? Yeah. And I think where, that's the question. Where are you digging your heels in? And maybe a more important question is, how can you make it so that you're open to new ideas, Yep. even in areas where you're an expert? Absolutely. So head over to beardmoney.net, and at the top of the page, there's a contact us spot where you can answer that question of the day. Or if you have any questions from today's episode or any other episode, right? If you have a topic in mind that we haven't spoken about, we'd love to hear from you. Make sure that uh, you send us a note about that. Look, we started this podcast to help you think differently about your money. I think this is a big, I don't know, in my opinion, I've really enjoyed this, this conversation, Alex, because I think this is a big slap in the face to all of us to make sure that we're really understanding where we sit. So we hope this episode brought value from that standpoint. And if it did bring any value, share it with your friends, share it with your coworkers, because that's why we record these is to help you be better with your money. And in the end, be better uh, with building the life that you want. So with that all being said, Mr. Collins. As always, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. This material is intended for general public use. By providing this content, Park Avenue Securities LLC is not undertaking to provide investment advice or a recommendation for any specific individual or situation, or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact a representative for guidance and information that is specific to your individual situation. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities LLC. OSJ 200 Market Street, Suite 1850, Portland, Oregon 97201, phone number 503-221-1226. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities member FINRA SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burklow, Air Insurance License Number 15319412. CA Insurance License Number 0K24924. Alexander Collins, Air Insurance License Number 7264699. CA Insurance License Number 0H24806. Point Number 2023-156763. Expiration June 2025.